0: Hey Sobertown, welcome to the Sobertown Podcast. I'm Julie, some of you know me as Dry Mountain Mama, and I'm here with Steve Kay to bring you Sobertown's Rewired Podcast. We're diving into the book Rewired by Erica Spiegelman and learning how it can completely change the way we think and help us create a life so full that there's no space left for alcohol. Before we get started, I want to invite you to visit SobertownPodcast.com where you will find all of the podcast episodes and tons of recovery-related resources. You'll find tools like Todd's blog, which includes his sobriety toolbox, filled with great ideas for handling cravings, reframing difficult thoughts, dealing with drinking situations, and everything else you need to tackle sobriety. We also want to give a shout-out to the I Am Sober app and the community there where many of us met and have found our tribe, creating the foundation for successful recovery. If you haven't yet, do go download the I Am Sober app and come join us there.
1: All right, welcome everyone to the Rewired podcast with Julie and Steve. Julie, how are you doing tonight?
2: I'm good, Steve, how are you doing?
1: I am doing awesome, thanks. Uh, tonight we have a really interesting guest, somebody from the IAS community. Um, As Ben G from IAS. Ben, how are you doing tonight? Doing great, guys. Uh, Good to be here. Good to be here. All right. Um, How about you tell us a little bit about yourself, Ben? Tonight's topic I think you wanted to talk about was honesty. So let's start with uh, a little bit about yourself and then let's dive right in.
3: I'm a New Hampshire native, 43 year old fella. Um, Usually go by Ben, grew up as Benji. So either's fine by me. And I'm at 39 days alcohol-free and 23 hours nail-biting free. Right on. I'm coming up on my big one day. Might happen during this interview, so we'll celebrate. (laughs) That
2: is so cool. We'll have a little party. I love that so much.
3: (laughs) Yeah. I'm sure there's more to talk about. Um,
2: yeah.
3: but yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of, I guess, fresh, fresh to the scene here. um pleasantly surprised by the IAS community and, um, getting as active as I can be on the zoom calls and appreciate you guys, um, taking me under your wing and wanting to talk. And, um, I jumped on the rewired. I've been a kind of a quit lit connoisseur in the past. I would say at least a hundred plus attempts and we'll get into, I guess, why and how it plays into honesty but i kind of look at the first two chapters on honesty and authenticity is um like i mean there's differences but it's two in the same so i I've, i've read those first two chapters which if anybody hasn't read it it's uh we're talking about like 12 pages so um i'm not tearing through pages but it's um i don't see any reason in going any further if i don't get these two chapters correct
2: for sure And it feels like it can take a really long time to get through. I don't know. Authenticity took me like over a month to really even feel like I was getting a handle on it.
3: Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's so interesting to to just look and there's so many layers to honesty. I've just been journaling and and talking through it uh, with my wife and with you guys. And um, it's really easy to see like the simple ones. Like if you said... um, hey, did you drink today? And I say, no, when I did, there's a lie. That's like the easy one, but it gets so much more complicated than that. I think, um, you know, it's through your actions, which is what Erica gets into in the book a lot, like through your actions and through, um, I go into my head probably, I don't know, maybe too much, maybe not. I have no idea, but, um, you know, we're, are there are there thoughts and actions that I would be willing to share with the world? And to, to take the 24 hour challenge as she put forth, it sounds like, oh cool, I just won't tell a lie today, but it's really hard. Would I be re- ready and willing to just share every single thing that I do all day long with anybody that cares? And it's, um, I think I've done it, but I don't know. I wouldn't bet my life savings on that. <laughs>
2: It's kind of terrifying and it's kind of easy to just like I don't some of the stuff we fall into, you don't even realize you're not being honest. Like, I mean, it's easy to see the blatant outright lies, but there's so much behind that. Like the, you know, being true to yourself, being, I don't know, all the lying by omission and stuff. And there's a lot to it. It's hard. It's so much harder than it sounds like, I think.
3: Yeah. And I think, you know, we'll I mean, I'll fast forward and then we'll we'll kind of go backwards in time, but like let's take one if you're sneaking something. And I, I, did, I did one post on IAS about this and, and I stopped. I just put et cetera, et cetera. I probably could have gone on forever, but there was like, oh gosh, I mean, 20, 20 things that I had read at the ready. What if a police officer asks this? What if my wife asks this? What if a neighbor asks this? What, if, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? Where am I going to put this? Or, you know, it just goes on and on and on and on. And then if nobody asks anything, it's easy to be like, oh, I didn't lie but you're so ready and to think about the time and the energy spent in that vicious cycle is just like kind of nuts and that's where I get like a little bit and we'll I'll, I'll walk through like a fast forward history but like a you get imposter syndrome when you start looking at other people and think like oh well, I'm not that bad or I that person did that oh my gosh um, but you can't uh, it's hard to put a, a level on the chatter in somebody's head. That's all I keep referring to it as is just the chatter of all of these things that go on to just cover up or figure it out until you know, now that I finally have had, for whatever 39 days I've said I'm done. and I know that's daunting and we've had discussions about that, but um, it certainly cuts down on the chatter and it helps
1: me be far more truthful kind of the interesting part with the lies is once you tell the one lie, it basically ends up being another lie and then another lie to cover up for that lie. And then another lie to cover up for that lie. And then in the end you have a whole bunch of lies that you end up trying to have to remember. Right. And
3: I was even thinking, I mean, that's where this book's crazy because I'll, I'll take one line. I'm not letting myself go fast because I've like, I'm going to read the Nate, this naked mind again. I'm sure I've read it twice. I've read, Uh, The Power Now multiple times. I read Alan Carr's Easy Way to Stop Drinking two or three times. I mean, I usually just say, okay, I'm going to quit. And I just rifle through these books. And I need to let it, I just need to be more of a sponge and let it soak in. So, I mean, one line, that, and I don't know if she said it exactly like this, but it doesn't matter how small of a lie, it's going to affect who you are and and your authentic self is going to be tainted in some way. And, and then I started to just kind of re- let that resonate. And like, it doesn't matter how little as it is, if you're good at lying and we all get really good at lying. um, It can just, it can be a tiny little lie. And then it's just like pocketed away in some filing drawer in your brain or my brain. It's my story, I guess, but most I've gotten so used to everything. I say that I think I'm crazy. Everybody's like, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Me too. Me too. Um <laughs> So it's just there. And, you know, like, oh yeah, this guy, like you don't think about it, but you're like, oh yeah, I said this to this guy or this lady uh, teen months ago. And you just know how to pick it up right where you left off. It's crazy.
2: Yeah. She talks about too, like the, the, the quote is minor fibs contribute to a lack of intimacy. And she kind of gets into like, even the tiniest little lies sort of like, it's like avoiding vulnerability. Like a lot of times I think that's why we lie is because we're trying to avoid being vulnerable because it's not exactly comfortable. But then it just kind of shuts down all the connections and I don't know, like real connections in your life.
3: Well, oh, for sure. Even if the other person doesn't know it, I mean, there's an energy between two people. Gosh, I'm talking like I'm an ex am you know, 39 days deep, but like there's that energy is affected. Mm Mm-hmm the second you say anything that's not completely honest. Um yeah, so I, I agree with that. You know, those are the things I'm honestly still still letting resonate. And I need to just keep going over and over these things. So
2: It's hard. It's a really complex subject. I thought when I started honesty, like I got stuck on authenticity, the first chapter for a really long time. Um, And I mean, I dug deep and I journaled every day and it was exhausting. And I was like, okay, I'm ready to move on to honesty. This one's going to be easy. I do not tell a lot of lies. I'm just going to read through that. And then I started reading through it. And I was like, well, shit. (laughs) Like I am so dishonest in so many ways. I just don't tell outright lies all the time, but I keep so much hidden. Um, about myself, um, I think we kind of all do and the more like shame we feel, which I think is really there's a lot of shame wrapped up in in drinking and you know having drinking problems, um, I think the more that we either don't say things that probably should be said or I mean even just tell outright lies or whatever, but I don't know there's a lot of it in there. it's very there's a lot of layers to honesty. It's not as simple as I think it sounds when you first start talking about it or thinking about it.
1: Well I think Totally, the sh- yeah, I think the shame, the shame prevents us from being vulnerable, doesn't it?
2: Mm. Right. We oh, feel totally. the
1: shame. We we feel the shame of whatever it was we did, regardless of how big or small it is. Right, because it could just be something that we think that everyone's going to think is shameful.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Right. When, in fact, pretty much everyone else does it. They just don't talk about it. Right. And then there goes the first lie in the web of all of the rest of them. And then instead of standing in front of it and just saying, yep, I drink or yep, I bite my nails. Ben, you know what I mean? Like yeah. it's, it's something that simple. I bit my nails before I lost my teeth. Right. Before I, I lost my front teeth. I, I can't do that anymore because my teeth don't line up. But that's just how that's happened for me. But still, I mean, it, it all re- relays back to being honest, right? Right, Totally.
3: I mean, I think for me, if I had to pick one one thing that I come back to is just the shame and to give, you know, this isn't a, a full full life story, but to go and fast forward. I mean, I grew up very respected, Kid, parents trusted me. I think as they should. I mean, I think I've, I'm a good soul. I, I really believe that. I always have, and that's where there's this conflict. But I mean, I grew up good kid, nice to adults, nice to other kids. Um, I I won of all the accolades. I would never win most popular. I won friendliest in middle school um, because I just am generally compassionate to everybody. Uh, I really care. Um, and then, as I move forward, I I've, I'm in uh, service industry jobs, forward facing. I'm I'm in charge of keeping people happy. I just am, and I'm good in that role, sometimes too good. And you can't. It's not that you can't be genuine, but you just I don't know. You get used to putting on putting on a mask for sure. Um, and then to to kind of complicate things, I mean, like a lot of people, I have a um. I don't know how complicated my family is. It's not a comparison game, but I've got on both. I've got a lot of uh, depression and anxiety and substance abuse and have had suicides. And um, my dad was a, a farmer and not, I I don't want to generalize, but I think that normally farmers work crazy, lead crazy lives. And I mean, he wasn't a, he grew up in a farming family. Um, so we just didn't really talk about, I was loved and cared for, didn't talk about emotions a, a hell of a lot. Um, and then on my, you know, my mom too, same, um, you know, had a, a an interesting comment with my dad passed when I was 21. I had a lot of, I had 21 loving years with my dad and it's great. And, and I'm sure there's still things I need to work through there, but I feel good about it. And then I asked my mom casually, I've tried to see therapists a couple of times. It's kind of been a little bit of a hit or miss. I think I needed more conversational therapy, which is what I'm getting with you guys. (laughs) Instead of like talking to a wall and like, I I don't know that's a tangent, but like when I ask someone questions about themselves and I don't get anything in return, I just kind of shut down, I guess. Um, So I asked my mom, like if she, if she ever saw a therapist and she's like, oh, why would I want to burden someone with my problems? And and um and i was just like oh my gosh this is who raised me so like yeah i've never really talked about this stuff and then with my it was always kind of said with my relatives and stuff they'd be like oh well you guys ended up so well do you want me to quiet the dogs down or are they is this fine for the interview I
2: think it's fine don't worry about um, it
3: yeah all right um anybody that's on ias know I, I love my dog
2: so so you mentioned like your mom saying why would you want? Why would?" she burden anybody with all of that. And I think that's yeah. really interesting because that's essentially what we come here and do, or when we go to the Zooms or when we get together and talk or whatever, like we're sharing our problems. And it's like, I, I understand that feeling. Like, I don't want to dump everything on somebody else because I don't want to do that to them. But in the end, if you're honest, you're just connecting. Like that's, we all benefit from that so much. It's not like we're taking on each other's burdens. It's like, we share it and we connect over it. And like, we all lose a little bit of shame because if I hear all the stuff you're not happy about, then I at least realize I'm not alone. You know? Yeah. There's a lot to be said for that.
3: Yeah. So, I mean, I, I think with, with my, you know, to summarize that whole deal is, is then, you know, with my family, we were just always kind of looked at, I don't know if this is just what resonated in my head, but we're like, Oh yeah, we're, I'm like one of the the normal one or in, I just went on in time and in that every choice that I made, I felt like whatever I character, I hesitate to say flawed. I mean, I, I genuinely care for myself, but it's just interesting. Like I, all of this built up to like one massive amount of potential shame. If I ever came forward and just said, yeah, like I, I've got, uh, depressive thoughts I've got I'm anxious um so then it kind of makes perfect sense so when one fell swoop this is like five months ago maybe I just decided. okay this is kind of where the honesty started it's kind of building up with my wife um being more and more honest about how I feel and I went to my doctor and I was just like this is it. like I'm just going to tell you everything I have and in one doctor's visit I get depression, anxiety, alcohol dependency, and ADHD just in boom. And then it kind of made sense though, because it like finally being honest with myself, I'm like, Oh, that's why I've got very active mind and these beliefs. And, and because I would see a therapist and say, Oh, well, yeah, I'm not drinking 20 beers a night. I'm just like, Oh, I'm just very consistently having these long streaks of many, many, many days in a row of sometimes three, sometimes four, sometimes five, whatever the number is. And then actually, my anxiety kicks in again. Normally, I can't say I'm perfect at this drinking science. Um, but on the back end of an evening, I'd be like, okay. Um, how am I going to feel in the morning? Uh, Kids are going to get up uh, like all these other things kind of kick in. And then usually I could kind of shut it down, but it was just this little vicious cycle there for sure.
2: Um, Yeah. And there's so much of that where like the, the whole holding up that, that perfect persona thing, everybody looks at you and they see something that, you know, is respectable. I guess I kind of have a similar situation just where, you know, it looks really good on the outside. Like, really good. Um, And then, you know, you keep doing everything you can, hiding everything you can, telling lies if you have to, or omitting a lot just to try to hold that up. And then, you know, you drink at night and then go to bed and wake up at 3 o'clock in the morning feeling like shit for it. And then wake up in the morning and not feel very good and still try to keep going about it over and over again. Like, it gets exhausting. And the shame is it just builds and builds on top of itself.
1: And especially when you you're lying to everybody else, but you're also lying to yourself, right? Like that's probably on top of everything else, lying to yourself, telling yourself these things that you, you, you need to hear to justify tomorrow, justify how am I going to get to, you know, this party or whatever it is. That's how it works for me. Right. It's like, okay, well, I'm, I'll, I'll drink the rest of the week. That's fine. Right. Cause I know I'm going to drink at this party. So I don't want to quit now.
2: Oh yeah. Right. Yeah, I mean, God, all the lies that we tell ourselves, even like, you know, little ones like, well, it's not that bad. It's fine. I don't drink as much as most people. And then you feel a little bit better about yourself while you down an entire bottle of wine in the night or whatever. I don't know. If there's just so many lies that we tell ourselves, then it gets, it gets exhausting. And that just kills your self-esteem. I think. You know, you've got everything going on on the outside, but everything inside too is, it gets brutal after a while, every little thing. Or when you wake up in the morning and you promise yourself you're not going to drink that night. And then like you, I knew, I always knew. I'd be like, I am not drinking tonight. I'm like, there's like a 50-50 chance I'm going to drink tonight. Like you just, you you break promises to yourself over and over again um, until you don't even trust yourself, I think.
3: Yeah, I I mean, I I think the big, the, the biggest, um, you know, looking back, I mean, even at age, whatever it was, 23, 24, I was trying to, um, I've had moments where I said, I I quit, I quit. Um, and then, but it, I was always so, I quote unquote, put together and didn't appear out of shape or I was sociable. I'm, if anything, I, you know, to be honest now, I've never even really said this out loud, but I'm well aware that like I, that, I can just chime in. I've had even zoom calls where I'm not feeling great. And I just chime in with a good joke at the right time and make people giggle. And I'm like, Oh, cool. I kind of did it, you know? Um, and I'm I'd see that in posts too. Like sometimes I, I do try to, I do try to remain positive. I mean, I, I want to make this fun. Like that's one thing I love about you, Steve, is you say, like, let's make this fun. Like it should be fun. Um, and it doesn't need to always be fun. So I do try to, keep it upbeat and just see the positive side because i i can see all of the positives going um eliminating this from my life but then but the lot like the the honesty part is you know we were talking about this before so like let's just take a very g-rated version like let's say i go in and i i have a beer and then i i'm cooking and I have a couple while I'm cooking and everybody else is in another room. Now, it doesn't seem like any big deal, but if someone came around the corner and said, oh, did you have another beer or two? Like, oh, maybe not. And not replenishing it in the in the fridge, you know, because I've got a little stash in the garage to make sure it's always at the right level. And it always looks full. It always looks about the same these are things that honestly, I don't even know. Like, I don't remember saying like, Oh, here's my plan. I didn't write things down. I just knew when people weren't looking and could always get another one. And then these little things just build up. And like, we were talking about lack of intimacy. I was thinking back to the story about like bedtime routine. I mean, one thing that I'm proud of, like my family's out of town right now, but, um, Every night, but like one night had like super solid story time. It's just awesome. I mean, I've got eight and ten year old boys. I mean, that's the that's the cat's meow right there, right? Um, mm-hmm. And then you look at these little tiny lies. Like um, there are nights where I'd say, "Oh, it's late," and just talk them in, and or. Be like oh it's you know you guys have a big day tomorrow so we're just going to read one page tonight or two pages um and then to struggle through the reading itself we were joking about you know covering one eye luckily I didn't do a hell of a lot of that but there were some nights where I'm just like man this is kind of crazy behavior So it's like those little lies where it's really, that's affecting the intimacy. Like I look at now, it didn't take very long to ramp back up and my kids are pumped. Like they want to, can we go to bed? They want that 20, 30 minute, whatever it is to read 10, 15 pages. I'm not a fast reader. Um, And that's just one example of a million where things will improve by, I would never say that that was a lie because you you, actually, the, the lies continue because I wouldn't sit there and say this either, but I would leave those scenarios and, and if forced to do it, I'd be like, oh, I'm a good dad. Yeah, I read a book. Right. Whereas I sped it up, I put it in fast forward. I, I did 10% of it at a um, mediocre talent level so that I could get back downstairs and, and then quote unquote, play the guitar as my wife goes to bed early and then playing the guitar means, you know, a couple more.
1: The you thing know, is. And, and the thing is, is being a good dad, really, you don't know, none of it has to be perfect, right? Like reading it slowly or reading it quickly or whatever it is, like the good dad part about that is you get to spend the time with your kids and the kids get to spend the time with you, right? When you're present. When you're present. When
2: you're present is so important. God, I read so many stories to my kids and I mean, I did it. I was great. I spent the time doing it um, completely in my own head, not paying any attention to what was going on, completely disconnected from my kids, probably thinking about whether or not I could keep reading without slurring my words or um, how quickly I could get through enough pages that they felt like I wasn't jipping them so that I could move on with my life. Um, completely disconnected. And you know, there's, you can read a story and be completely disconnected. Um, and I think your kids even know it. Like my kids could tell, I know they could. It's just okay. different. Yeah, I mean there's just
3: there's just an energy level. Sorry, Steve. I mean anybody that's you know, we're all married here. Like you can have two people sitting at one table and you can be silent. And there can be one that's a connected one silence, and there's one that's not. So you don't even need words to do that. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's it's just not to get I I don't have the answer to get spiritual hippie on you, but I mean it's there's that energy that's just lost when it's not honest, genuine, uh, care, because when I'm there with my kids doing any bit of the past, it's not genuine care for them.
1: It's my head's with me. Right. Well, that leads to being honestly, you want to be there. Honestly, you want to spend that time with your kids, right? Right. And now uh, they're seeing that—that's that intimacy portion, right? Now the now the fibs and the lies and all the rest of it is gone, right? You're spending that quality time with them because you want to. Now you're honestly giving that time to them because you want to do that, and you're getting it back from them.
2: Yeah, it's all—it's there's so much connection in there, and I think like with your with our spouses, you know, if we're if we're like sitting there just completely like in a place of complete honesty, the connection is so much deeper. Like, you know, it's vulnerable. It doesn't, it's not always comfortable, especially when we're being honest about some of this stuff, that the connection is there. And so there's so much more meaning in that relationship when you get to that point versus keeping everything on the surface or leaving a bunch of stuff out or not being honest about the stuff that's going on through your head. You know, I mean, that's, I think a lot, a lot of the stuff going through my head was stuff I would never have said out loud. So then I was just keeping it to myself and the intimacy in the relationship is just gone versus now where I've mostly come clean. And I don't know, like, you know, even in my head, I feel better and and feel more connected. I don't know. There's so much there with the, the the relationships and how it affects everything. And it doesn't have to be outright lies. Yeah. I I think
3: you, yeah, you hit a good point there where I'm at is, is, um, and it's kind of interesting because, um, I've been so anti-social media. I've been so just kept everything to myself, even with my music. I like I never, I just everything is just like my, just my. I'm never a public person. And then anyone that just jumped on in the last 35 days would be like, yeah, right, this guy's lying. But like, try to find anything that I've ever posted on social media anywhere, and you won't. Mm-hmm. Um so. So talking about, um, things that enter your mind and I've, I've tried to still, there's like a little filter for sure. Like I don't just type and and not look at it and then send it, but, but just be like, yeah, well, this thought just entered my mind and it's good enough to be out there. And I've been doing that a lot. And I actually checked with my wife, um, a couple of times over the last few days because, um, they're in Colorado for, um, thanksgiving and i'm still out here in new hampshire i've got a new job so i can only take it was thanksgiving or christmas and christmas it is easy easy choice there so i'm going to go to her friend's house and it's our good friends and um i called her i said "Is, is it's fine if i i just want to tell them because i'm going to leave early to be on the zoom call with you steve um most likely early i mean hopefully dinner's wrapped up by them, but they, they, there's a good chance it wouldn't have. And uh, she's like, you do you. Yeah, you do you. It's like, perfect. That's a great answer. And then I asked her, we were talking today. I let her know that we were going to be doing this. And and these are all things that would have been really easy to just keep a secret too. I mean, I'm home alone. Um, This is my entire podcast career right here. Uh, it would have been really easy to keep this one in my pocket. Um, but I said, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to call her and let her know and be like, what do you think? And she raised a couple of questions. And, uh, you know, one one thing is that she said, and she said she's fine with this, um, is she? it kind of came up that, and I, I'd forgotten this, but a week or two before I came to her. She's like, you know, I, I think I should cut down on the frequency of drinking a little bit, maybe cut out weekdays or whatever. That opened the door for me to be completely genuine and honest. And it took a couple weeks of chipping away at it for me to come full bore when I came in um, and I was getting an uh, an oil change of all things. That's where you should have these spiritual awakenings. <laughs> <laughs> and I did. <laughs> So I said I saw that little crack in the door. Is what I say. Maybe that makes sense, right? Like you just know, like okay, here's a chance. And usually mine happens like everybody else, uh, which is what I've come to realize. It makes me feel less alone. Um, let's say I'm an early riser, so like six a.m. to eleven a.m. is my sweet spot for like, yeah, I'm gonna make this life change. And then something weird happens around like noon and one. It starts like the tide turns and it's going the other direction. So I came back and I'm like, okay, I'm going to just be honest here. Um, and then all of a sudden I come in and my kids come running in the kitchen and I could actually see the door shutting. And uh, I said, I got to talk to mom for a minute. And then I, they didn't really leave the kitchen. So I said it kind of in appropriate ways, but I said, you know, um, it's, it's not a health kick this time. I need to, I'm just going to quit. And if I come in with a couple of beers in hand, I want you to be concerned next time. And I looked at it like really level that in that way, it wasn't super emotional. And she's like, I got you, you know, I'm on your team. And and it's amazing. Like I've been talking to her like every day now about this stuff. And um, she's, she's proud, you know, it's like such a good and, and, and again, I, I wasn't like falling apart at the seams. So it wasn't like, I'm proud because everyone's life is in danger around you. It's not like that. But I think she's proud because she can see a difference in how I carry myself and how, I don't know. It's amazing to flip and just be, let's say I am mostly honest now. Because if I told you I'm completely honest, I would be going against... I'd be lying to you guys in an honesty podcast. That would think, be
2: awkward.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it would be really awkward. Like I, there goes all of my credibility. I think, I mean, for myself, I'm still mostly honest. I mean, this is, a. I think it's a, an entire work in progress. Like I, this is perfection. I'm not going to, I'm not even going to try and be perfect. I think I'm going to, or sorry, I'm going to try to, I mean, there's always going to be effort put into it, but I am, am I going to be perfect? Absolutely not. Right. I know that that's going to be fact. I know that, you know, I'm going to be put, I'm going to be in a spot where I'm going to wish I was honest instead of, you know, going against that gut feeling. And that happens on a regular basis, right? It might not be near as big as what it was before, but I feel it when it happens and 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 then I'm like well and that's that's where all that negative talk ends up happening after ah Steve come on man like why were you such a chicken or whatever it was when really in the end did it didn't it matter no but Do you
2: notice like an actual visceral reaction when you're dishonest now like after I spent some time reading this chapter and working through it and paying attention to where I was honest and dishonest like like I can feel it. Like I feel tense and I feel sick, and like it happens fast. It now. does. It, and it didn't use. It used to just come naturally, and it didn't bother me at all. Oh. And yeah. now it's it bothers me a lot. It hurts. It,
1: it used to be really easy, didn't it? Mm-hmm. it? Just it. It was the first thing that come out of your mouth, right? Oh
2: yeah.
1: It was just somebody would say something, and you would just agree with it or whatever it was, right? And right off the bat, like you're on their side, the whole, the whole deal. Even though you don't believe it at all, oh yeah, right, yeah. I mean so. that's presence. That's
3: what you know. I have a, I have a real hard time meditating. I hope that that improves because I've heard such benefit from some people. Um, I know my wife will listen to this. I want a drum set, darling, um, for Christmas <laughs> because I think that I could like meditate that way to just like find a beat and go. Um, but like catching those moments, like I, knowing that this is coming up, um, me talking to you guys for, I've known for a couple of weeks and then I think it was maybe a week or so ago. I said, well, I know what I want to talk about because I haven't gotten past the chapter and it's just so important to just be, I think as honest with yourself as you can. And I, yeah, I've caught so many things and I just, I don't get too deep on it. I just say, would I want to get on this right here with you two and share what i just did as silly as it might be like i posted about sneaking a red bull just like i'd sneak a beer yep and then i brought it up here's how this is amazing like why this community is so amazing i brought that up in a zoom call to be like I, this is so messed up that I did this. And then someone lit up, they're like, oh, you've got to talk to so-and-so. She used to sneak cake after she quit. And it was just like the cutest genuine response. And I was like, oh yeah, we're all a little messed up here. <laughs> um, and I mean, just to be honest, it's, it's amazing. Like I like to, I, i like to go back. There's I don't regret anything. I think that I have wonderful friends. I have a lot of support And as time goes, and I completely open up to each and every one of them, I honestly only expect absolute support. But the bond that I feel with you two and a whole bunch of people on this little community in 39 days is intense. It's just so amazing. And it's because I came out of the gates honest, Mm -hmm. like completely as as honest as I could be.
2: Mm Absolutely. Absolutely. And, I think and, that connection happens faster too. That's, you know, I mean, it can take years to build up the amount of trust that I have in some of these people that I've gotten in two months, just because everybody's so honest. Um, and I, you just, you learn so much about people so much quicker that way.
3: Yeah. And, you know, on the zoom call, I just said, um, I said, it's amazing. You, you, you know, I just said this, like, I think it was two or three nights ago, but I said, it's amazing what can happen if you say, Hey, My name's Ben and I'm kind of fucked up. And then they say, yeah, me too, Ben. And uh, then we talk about it. And then someone on the zoom call said, yeah, I know the worst things that have happened in your life because it's somebody that I've shared uh, three or four uh, breakout rooms on these zoom calls with. And he he was like, and I don't even know your favorite color. Mm -hmm. And I was like, it's green green's my favorite color he was like me too (laughs) (laughs) it was really funny so it's just crazy like it's so interesting shame just runs rampant in this whole topic and I'm not there I'm not ridding myself of it but I can feel um I can feel the weight coming off because I just every time that I've shared it's been Just accept it. It's pretty freeing, Um, isn't it? And then even last night on our Zoom call when I said I was joking, it it started as a joke, but I'm like, yeah, I bite my nails. And I put that on the app. So now today was totally different for me. Um, I was aware of it because I know I've got the clock counting on the app. Yeah. (laughs) And I said, Well, it's weird. If what if I came to this Zoom call and my only addiction was nibbling my nails? And then someone on the Zoom call was like, we'd accept you, man. I was like, yeah, you would. I got off the call, like yeah. they would. <laughs> There's so
2: true, much there, story. though, with the shame and the, like, just talking about it and admitting all that stuff. And it, I mean, they do, they say, what is it? Like, um, acceptance or vulnerability is the, is the opposite of shame, I think, where if you just let that stuff out, and in places like this, you know, you're going to be met with not just being accepted, but generally like a lot of empathy and somebody probably has a similar story. And then the shame goes away a little bit. And then you feel like you don't have to lie so much about that thing or, um, or keep that so hidden as much. Uh, like I totally find that the more I talked here and I'm honest, the less I feel bad about myself and the more that I want to go out into the real world. Um, and be a little bit more honest too like I just have a lot less shame in general in my life Um, all because we just sit around being brutally honest with each other it's what we do
3: yeah and Steve Steve said a good thing the other day to me um, when I I was just talking about I mean it kind of comes up because I have a lot of confidence right now and I don't know if um, actually my wife said to me she said well what how is this different? This was just today. This is like two hours ago. We we're on the phone talking. And she said, "What? how is this different than any other phase? And she didn't say in a demeaning way. She was just uh, like really curious. And she's like, you know, like you, I got in a huge yoga streak once and I, I was training for a marathon another time and went vegan. And, um, and it just feels different. Like there, I'm not a non-committal person, non-committal. Is that the right word? Non-committal? Uncommittal, non-committal.
2: non-committal,
3: non-committal yep. Yep. I think I, I commit. I mean, I've been, I've worked at places for a long time. Um, started playing golf. I've played golf for a long time. I've liked to hike and camp for a long time, played guitar for a long time. I've done all these things for a long time. So I can commit. Like I know this visceral feeling of what it feels like to just know right versus wrong.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: And I told the neighbor that I was done. And he's like, for how long? I'm like, I'm just done. I'm done this time. And I said it would be like, I don't know why I said this, but this is exactly what I said. It would be like, um, if you had the choice of getting dressed and then going to work or just showing up to work completely naked and then getting dressed, like, what are you going to do? Like, that's how how silly it was at that moment. And then I threw it out and I've kept saying it over and over and over to everybody at that moment. And then I even brought up to Erica in the zoom call about this rewired book. I'm like, I can feel it's pleasant pressure. I don't know what to compare it to. It's almost like you're committing to a sport or something. And I just, yeah, like, I don't want to set myself up for um, failure, but I actually don't even like talking about that because I just feel so
1: good about it. This is where we make it fun. And this is where I I try and make it fun. We make this fun. We make it an enjoyable experience, even though some of it really sucks, right? Let's be honest. Some of it really sucks. Being honest can really, really suck. But you have a place to come back to, right? You have have this group of people that still accept you, regardless of what happens, right? Kind of help pick you back up even though things don't quite, because things are going to work. Things work out. Things work out the way that they're supposed to, right? But in all of this, you think about going to the Zoom calls and kind of you get these connections with people, and then you figure out all this weird, wonderful idiosyncrasies between all of these people, and it's fun, right? It's fun to learn a little bit about Ben, and what Ben likes and Ben likes music and Ben can write music and the stuff that Ben likes to do is pretty damn cool. Right. But I wouldn't know that if Ben wasn't honest about it. Yeah. And along those lines
3: too, and I need to say this out loud. So it's if, and I, I posted about this too, I even said, um, you know, that I was a quiet one and if I get quiet and it was kind of like a note to these bonds and you, you can't list off all the different code names that people have. But you get used to seeing someone and you kind of get their, um, get their rhythm for how often they post. Are they daily posters? Are they weekly posters? And if they're daily posters or like every other day and, and, you, and you comment on theirs and they comment on yours and all of a sudden five days go by and you're like, oh, no. I mean, I've got people in my head right now that I'm genuinely concerned for. And I say, if I go quiet, you're free to worry about me. Mm -hmm. And I just said, uh, and I think in the post, I just said, and I'll worry about you too. I'm sorry. I can't help it. And it's the truth. So every time that I post, I get, I'm getting more comfortable. The posts, I'm a little more comfortable in like group chats and stuff. I'm not. And like, even today, I, when I posted to the group chat, I didn't want to, and I'm like, I just need to keep doing it. I have to just get used to realizing most of the stuff that comes out of my mind into my fingers if I type it or out of my voice is is just generally widely accepted and I'm coming to terms with that but I, I have a really hard time doing it still so checking in every now and again or all the time like you guys are great at like how you doing it means a lot so there's the truth
2: well, that that vulnerability stuff, though, that you've been doing, like on the group chat, I mean, that is like it's hard, and you keep doing it, and it gets a little bit easier. But that's really good practice for the even harder stuff, you know, the even harder conversations. It's all that whole getting comfortable with being uncomfortable thing, you know. Right. And I mean, it's a big deal that you're sharing that some of the the music, because um, I know that's really uncomfortable for you. And then you know, we love you. We know we love you. Know we love it but then you know that sets you up for trying something a little scarier a little harder and and then you get into the vulnerability and the honesty and all of that I mean that's like it's little things now maybe but the big you know that's gonna head to really big things and big life-changing things too probably
3: that was one of the first things I wrote where I said I'm, I'm making I'm fully committed to getting comfortable with being uncomfortable um this podcast is a perfect example. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and, oh, I was going to say, Steve, I went off on a tangent and that's not abnormal. I had a neighbor that said, if I start a band, it should be Benny and the tangents. Um, <laughs> you got to ring me bring me in sometimes. But when you made the comment of whether you say, um, whatever you say to someone what they do with that information is no longer yours to worry about. So if I tell someone that I quit drinking or to tell someone that I have a problem with drinking or whatever it might be, that resonated with me, and I sat with that for the last day or two, and I, you know I need to keep sitting with that because I'm not there yet. That's my honest answer. I can't that's such a that's such a cool concept to just realize though. Because talking about being up in your own head, like if I go to my friends tomorrow for Thanksgiving and I let them know that I've been on these Zoom calls and that this is a good thing for me, they're going to be completely supportive. And to just let that go and just let that, whatever they do with it. And I know it's going to be positive.
1: It's just a hard thing to accept. It is very hard to accept because it's something you have no control over right once once you give it up you don't have any control over where where it goes this is this is trust this is you're you're trusting in whatever you're trusting in the universe you're trusting in those people right you're 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 trusting and you're also believing in yourself because when you say that that's you putting your, that's you being vulnerable. You're being vulnerable in that moment to those people, those people that you believe, that you trust. Right. Yeah. And all of this is your choice because you get to choose it. You get to choose where you decide to put it. And it's like anything else. I mean, I
3: can see i I'm, wise enough to know it's like any other action it's just going to take practice and every time that I do it like every post has been a little easier every share on the group feed has been a little easier um I've always been like that if I have a group of 10 people with a group chat on it on a text it's kind of interesting if I if I chime in right away I feel like I'm part of it and if I don't it's hard to jump in later yeah. And I've always been, I've been in sales jobs where I've gone to work functions and I've, I'm, I'm aware of that. So like if I'm on my game and they say, do I have a volunteer? If I raise my hand and I jump right up, I'm good for as long as that seminar lasts. It can be for days and I'm in. And if I stay quiet, I can just disappear in the background. So that's a normal trait of mine. And if I I'm well aware that I can't disappear into the background with this stuff and I don't want to either. Um, and every time that I've shared, you know, my wife is a perfect example because what was super uncomfortable is now super fun to talk about 39 days later. You know, it really was like it got, it went from awkward to comfortable in a week or two, comfortable to fun in a week or two. That's awesome. So, It's cool. Yeah. Um, I even told my kids. Did you? Oh yeah. I did. I I told them it's, I just said, you know, it's like some people should, you know, might be a little allergic to ice cream. So I said, I'm not going to, I'm just not going to do it. And they're aware, you know, I'm wondering, like one thing that I'm wondering is how, how, aware are they? I know they're aware and how prominent do I want that in their life? And just, how casual do I want drinking in to be? Do I want it to just be something that they see all the time that they know that's daddy's juice in the fridge? I don't know. You know, I'm starting to, it's just such a good move all around.
2: Yeah, it really is. And there's, there's so much time to figure this stuff out. Like there's no rush to Just spilling everything or explaining everything or figuring out how much needs to be out there. Like, you know, I mean, you, you have a really long time, you have forever to do this. So there's no rush. I think sometimes we tend to, especially early on, tend to just want to dive in and get it all done right now. Um, And I think there's something to be said for taking it slow and, you know, little bits at a time, feeling it out, seeing how that goes, and then deciding what to do from there instead of just just throwing it all out there, trying to accomplish it all at once.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think, sorry. It's okay. You you, you can't really bite it all off in one bite, right? Or two big bites or three big bites. You got to bite it nice and slow. You got to chew on it. You got to digest it. And then you take another bite, right? Yeah. Take your time. Yeah. I think, you know,
3: going back to like what my wife asked me about the different phases, I wonder, and I said this to her, I said, I wonder what those phases, because all those phases were really health related. And how much was that to justify the bad side of my brain? Like, oh, I'm not that, like back what you said, Julie, like I'm not that bad. How bad could I be if I just ran a half marathon? Can't be that bad. Um, and then this time I, I made a post about this too early on is is this is the first, I listed all the things that I've ever done. And it was like, train for a marathon, gone vegan, taking cold showers, meditated uh, vigorously, read all the quitlet books, and like this time I'm doing nothing. And I didn't give myself enough credit if I could go back now and rewrite it. I was doing nothing except for the one thing that scared me the most, which is what we're doing right now.
2: Mm -hmm.
3: Just sharing, oh uh, yeah, I'm doing nothing, although I'm sharing whatever crap comes into my brain with the world.
1: That's something <laughs> that's
2: huge. That's the
1: greatest right? thing you can do. Yeah. It takes a lot of courage to admit that.
3: Mm-hmm. I mean, I think, I think um, there's gosh, there, this is like a lifelong, I could stay on this chapter really the two of them again, because I think authenticity is like being truthful to myself And then I just, you know, the honesty factor, it's just, maybe I just throw out the rest of the book and I just read those two chapters for the rest of my life. If I just did that,
1: my life would be going in the right direction. I think this is, I mean, for me, I believe that this is, this is life's work for the rest of my life. This is life's work. I, if I start putting it down and I start walking away from it, I'm going to stop Being honest with myself to a certain point, I'm going to let it creep back in because I'm going to stop working on it because I think that's my natural tendency, Mm -hmm. right? So, to go against what my natural tendency is is I gotta I I've got to keep my head in the game. So I'm 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 a for me myself I'm a hundred percent I got to do this for the rest of my life, and I believe that if by me doing this for the rest of my life I'm going to I'm going to have a I'm going to be really happy with myself I'm going to be really happy with my relationships I'm going to be really happy with my life in general because I'm putting the work into that honesty and I those relationships are going to be really good those relationships are going to be honest and they're born out of honesty and they're repaired because of honesty and forgiveness and the compassion and all the rest of it that goes along with it. Right. Turns something that used to look really bad into something that looks really beautiful.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, mean, just go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say just in the short time that I've been going through this book, like life is so much better. Everything in my head is so much better. Like I have so much more hope and so much I can see so much more potential. Um, where a lot of times before it was I mean, when I was sober the last time I had a long sober streak, I didn't have anything like this. And then it was just like, what do I do? But then, you know, other times it's just, I don't know, you feel kind of helpless or hopeless or you can't see anything greater out there. So it's nice to do work like this and keep doing it because it just keeps pushing you forward and showing you more and more potential and kind of keeps the momentum going towards that. I think it's really positive and it's easy to see quickly. You see the the results almost instantly once you start really diving into this stuff and, and practicing it like you mean it.
3: Yeah, I was just going to say one, I mean, like my best friend in the world that I got completely um, honest with. And we we went out to eat before a concert. And, uh, you know, I said, uh, before we went, I said, just so you know, I'm not drinking. And then we get there and he said, um, you know would you say you have a problem? And then I don't know why I replied like this. I said, let me share you uh, with you. Just, I didn't pull out my phone, but I said, let me share with you a few things I've shared on the sobriety app. And then he chuckled. He's like, you have a sobriety app? I was like, oh yeah, I probably should have told you that too. Um, (laughs) I probably could have just said that. And he'd be like, oh yeah, you probably do have a problem. Um, And then I'm telling you, it was like this, I've known this guy for 25 years and it was just an amazing moment where in an hour span, our friendship doubled in strength. And, you know, I think that's just going to happen repeatedly over and over as soon as I get the um, courage and practice under my belt to continue to be truthful and honest with everybody. Mm -hmm. And if I lose 1%, I'd be surprised. And I just think it's going to all, all flourish. It's going to be, I don't know. It's like truth is a superpower.
1: Cut. Drop the mic. Ben, Ben, I really There was. To, yeah. I really want to thank you for coming on and having a really awesome conversation with us. I really appreciate everything you brought to the table here tonight. So I think obviously julie do you want to say anything to ben
2: i just want to thank you for you know being honest um being willing to open up a little bit i look forward to talking to you more about some of this stuff it's been really great all
1: right i just want to say thanks to everybody for listening um we'll be back again with another episode of rewired um shortly all right have a good night everyone